Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is January 4th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my recap of the game against the Buffalo Bills. Now, this game kind of signals the end to the Dolphins' regular season, and I want to thank you guys for joining me on this journey. I know a lot of you guys, you know, may want a break from football, or you may be just taking a little bit of time to cope with the loss, but I hope you guys can stay with me during the offseason because there's a lot of uh, interesting content that we will be going over as we get closer to the regular season beginning in 2021. But for this game in particular, all I can say really is just not like that. You know, that's all that's left to say after the Dolphins loss on Sunday to the Bills. The Dolphins lost to them by a score of 56 to 26. Miami would have been able to secure a playoff spot with a win, but after this loss and a few other scenarios not going in their favor, they have been eliminated from this season's playoffs. Now, before discussing this game, which will involve a significant amount of criticism given the score and the general performance of the team, it's important to have some perspective. Again, the Dolphins are early in their rebuild, going from 5-11 in a season where many accuse a team of tanking to 10-6 with one of the best defenses in all of football is a massive accomplishment. The season may not have ended with a postseason appearance, but in many ways the season was a success. On top of the impressive progression we saw from the team, they also have an abundance of ammunition to continue building towards the future, including a third overall pick courtesy of the Houston Texans. Now, it's a shame that a team that outperformed expectations on so many occasions this season, they came out flat today when they needed it most, but it's important to remember that they exceeded those expectations nonetheless. Now, this may have been the worst performance of this season from the Dolphins as a whole. Considering they were slaughtered in the first two games and against Denver, it's hard to imagine, yet here we are. The Bills rested some of their starters in the second half, including quarterback Josh Allen, wide receiver Stephon Diggs, and their running backs. But despite that, the Bills managed to score another 28 points without them. The Dolphins' special teams unit gave up a punt return. The Dolphins' offense failed to get anything going with several drop passes, a fumble, and three interceptions. Star cornerback Tredavious White was a healthy scratch for the Bills, as was Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, yet the offense could not get anything going. It's hard to say a single unit on this team played well in this game today. Now, the main headline from this game will likely be Tua Tungavailoa, but frankly, the collapse of the Dolphins' defense was the most shocking part of this game to me. The Dolphins entered this game with a defensive unit that was regarded as one of the best in the league, if not the best, yet the Bills had no trouble moving the ball against them. Josh Allen played only two quarters but looked unstoppable during that period. Aside from an incredible toe-tap interception on the sideline by Byron Jones, Allen diced up the the defense. He would finish the game 224 yards and three touchdowns. Allen found Isaiah McKenzie twice, both times very open in coverage against Nick Needham. Needham would later give up a massive 56-yard touchdown to rookie Gabriel Davis. It was an overall poor performance from Nick Needham, who entered this game without surrendering a touchdown all season. He gave up three just in yesterday's game. Now, on the second touchdown, Josh Allen had all day to throw the ball. Allen would finish 
finish this week with the third highest time to throw in the NFL, and that is per NFL's next-gen stats. The average separation from each of the Dolphins' pass rushers was over five yards. For some perspective, the league average is 4.52, showing that the line was really struggling when it came to applying pressure and getting close to Josh Allen. Allen found John Brown for a 32-yard touchdown, completing the pass over Byron Jones. Brown now has five touchdowns against Miami in his last four games. Now, in the second half, Matt Barkley took over at quarterback and had some success. He connected with Gabriel Davis in that touchdown that I mentioned earlier, and he also had a 51-yard completion that was over Xavier Howard. Now, Howard would later intercept Barkley, reeling in his 10th interception of the season. Now, per ESPN's Cameron Wolf, Xavier Howard is the first player with double-digit interceptions since Antonio Cromartie completed the same feat back in 2007. Now, Howard's likelihood of being selected as Defensive Player of the Year is extremely high, and frankly, I would be shocked if he doesn't receive the award when you compare his stats to what Stephon Gilmore did last year. As we all know, Gilmore was last year's Defensive Player of the Year. Now, linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle had a sack and three tackles for a loss in this game, wrapping up an overall impressive season from him on a very high note. His three tackles for a loss, though, in this game were the only tackles for a loss from the whole Miami Dolphins defense. Now, third string running back for the Bills, Antonio Williams, ran for 63 yards and he had two touchdowns. He also had a big 20-yard reception. The Bills finished this game with 455 total yards, 7.1 yards per play, and a combined 377 passing yards from their quarterbacks. Now, the Dolphins special teams unit, as I mentioned earlier, gave up a massive 84-yard punt return to McKenzie. He would finish this game with 181 total yards and three touchdowns. Now, to move on to the offensive side, the Dolphins offense did not play well today. But what may get buried behind this huge loss is that Tungavailoa had a career high 361 yards passing. Now, unfortunately, it's hard to say that he played well, and he really did not get help from any of his receivers. The Dolphins would finish a day 3 for 14 on third downs, and at one point, they were 0 for 10 on third downs. Tungavailoa's lone touchdown came on a 25-yard floater to Malcolm Perry, and that was Perry's first touchdown reception of his NFL career. Now, he was also able to stretch the field a lot more in the second half. Tua was 4 for 8 for 104 yards and a touchdown on passes that travel beyond 20 yards. Now, Tua had a career-high three interceptions in this game. He threw a pick six to Josh Norman, where Devontae Parker tripped, making it an easy interception for Norman, so it's hard to blame that play on Tua. Now, the two other interceptions, though, uh, you know, those were on him. Tua delivered a pass that was too high for Lynn Bowden, leading to Bowden tipping it into the air, then resulting in an interception. And the last interception was just a horribly overthrown pass where there really wasn't a receiver who had a legitimate chance to make a play on the ball. Now, Tua, again, did not really get any help from his receivers. Isaiah Ford dropped three passes, including two big third-down conversions. Mac Hollins caught one pass, which he promptly fumbled. Mike Kosicki wasn't able to come down with what would have been a huge play along the sideline, and Parker dropped two or three passes, depending on what you consider truly catchable. So to stay with Devontae Parker, he had a pretty productive outing, coming down with seven catches for 116 yards. In the third quarter, the Dolphins' offense came out firing, and Parker was a large reason for that. He totaled 61 yards on that drive, and he also came down with a 
big 31-yard reception, which was his longest of the season. And if you remember in the preview episode, Devontae Parker had seven catches last season for 40-plus yards, yet his 31-yard reception today was his longest of the season. Now, receiver Lynn Bowden Jr., one of the more creative plays we've seen from the offense, he found Miles Gaskin for a huge 32-yard reception. It was a double pass play, and frankly, the pass from Lynn Bowden was pretty nice. He threw it with great anticipation, and he got some good distance on it, throwing it across the field. Now, aside from Parker, no receiver had more than 57 yards receiving for the Dolphins, and if you consider the Bills had four receivers with over 60 yards, it shows you that the Dolphins really need to do a better job at adding some weapons in this offseason. Now, the running game for Miami struggled, and the Dolphins were forced to abandon the run, you know, seeing as how Tua threw the ball 58 times. Savon Ahmed led the team in rushing yards with only 29 yards, and he did have a 16-yard run for a touchdown. And then Miles Gaskin had seven carries for 20 yards and was largely ineffective in this game. So to get into my takeaways really quick, my first takeaway here is that Chan Gailey is gone, in my opinion. Whether you want to place the blame on Tua or place the blame on the receivers or the play calling, it's just, it seems hard to ignore how inefficient the offense was this season. It really does seem hard to imagine the Dolphins wanting to roll Tua out there again with the same offensive game plan as this season where he looked largely uncomfortable, restricted, and unproductive. And also in the super unlikely scenario, in my opinion, that the Dolphins elect to look for another quarterback, it's hard to imagine them pairing him with such a conservative style of offense. If you ask me, I think Chan Gailey is gone this offseason. My next takeaway here is that the receiver unit needs a complete overhaul. Devontae Parker has shown flashes of being a true wide receiver one, but after six years now, it may be time to accept that flashes of a wide receiver one don't equate to an actual wide receiver one. Isaiah Ford had several drops. Mac Hollins had a fumble. Jakeem Grant has been a disappointment for most of the season. Aside from maybe Lynn Bowden Jr., I don't think there's any person in this receiver group that is off limits from a trade or a release in the offseason. Now, my last takeaway from this game was that the secondary for the Dolphins was the strongest unit all season, but it still needs to be improved. Xavier Howard should win the Defensive Player of the Year award, but there were too many instances of big plays being given up by other players. Byron Jones got torched against Arizona, Las Vegas, and even yesterday against the Bills. Nick Needham also got beat extremely badly in this game against the Bills. Uh, when you look at Eric Rowe, he was dominated in the games by Las Vegas and Kansas City. Despite the success here overall of the unit, the Dolphins will likely need to explore some options at slot corner and at safety in order for this unit to consistently be that defensive power that they were for most of the season and in order for them to truly take that next step. I think they need to find some sort of field general primarily at the safety position or at the linebacker position that could really take command of this defensive unit. Now this isn't a takeaway from this game in particular but I know everyone's going to want to know well what about two? I already see the narratives flying and they're going to be flying all off season uh, whether the Dolphins should look at pick number three and get another quarterback and frankly if you're asking me from what I've seen so far in the games you know I think it's fine I think you roll out with Tua I think he showed some promising moments I really like his composure in the pocket but I am concerned with some things but what I need to make clear is that I you know physically what I've seen from him I can't you know deduct that he's going to be this elite franchise quarterback at the same time I can't say that he's going to be a bust based on what I've seen physically you know from his arm and what he's 
he's been able to do. I can't come to either of those. I've seen players who looked worse take massive strides, but at the same time, I've seen players who look better just fall apart, so I can't say that. But what I can say that I like about Tua is I like his confidence, I like his work ethic, I like the player that he is. And if I had to bet on somebody who goes into this offseason, you know, maybe even after this game, just the immediate next day goes out there and works to get better, I would say that Tua is somebody who goes out there and takes those steps to progress as opposed to other players. You know, they want to go hit a club or they want to go relax and decompress. I think Tua is the kind of player that he's going to want to get back into the lab instantly and work to be a better player and improve his game. So from that standpoint, I do think that Tua has a good likelihood to continue to get better. But again, I understand from the physical uh, standpoint, some of the concerns and where those may lie. You know, he's downfield ball. I understand it looks like it lacks some velocity and in the mid to long range it looks like his accuracy is an issue at times you know you watch Justin Herbert and the ball just launches effortlessly and we saw Josh Allen today while on the run the guy has a cannon of an arm so I understand those concerns but I also want to make it clear that when I say that I still have faith in Tua and I still like what I've seen from him physically it's again based on what I've seen I've seen the games if the Dolphins are able to reach a different conclusion and they want to go out there and get another quarterback, they have seen a ton more about Tua than I have, and who am I to say that they are making the wrong decision? So again, that is just my opinion. If you're asking me, I think the Dolphins would be smart to kind of continue to build around Tua, you know, get him some weapons at the receiver position, maybe even beef up the offensive line even more, and of course, add a running back that could take some of the pressure off of him, and I think he could transform, and frankly, I'm not too worried about Tua just yet, but I understand people who are. Now, guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven and at Via the Source. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate it. Guys, again, overall, this was a tremendous season. I appreciate all the support from you guys so far. It was an awesome journey, an exciting season. I am very excited about the future of this team, and I think everyone, frankly, should be. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. It was a great season with you guys. Until next time and for more off-season content, I will be back soon. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso and this was Via the Source.